I think the piece that I've gotten to know over time is you don't know what you don't know. And the sooner you get to that point, the better. Um, and so look, there's stuff that I know that I know, but you don't know what you don't know. And that happens in life in general on a regular basis. And that the, the sooner that you embrace that and are constantly sort of, how do I, how do I improve? How do I find, you know, expertise that can help me move the ball forward? Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Seth Price of Blue Shark Digital and Price Benowitz. Seth, it's great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Definitely super excited to have you on. And before we jump in, I want to read a little bit more about Seth so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And he's an accomplished attorney and transformational thought leader. Seth Price is a founding partner in the business backbone of Price Benowitz, as well as the founder and CEO of Blue Shark Digital. And Seth took a two-person law firm, scaled it to 40 lawyers in less than a decade, and now he takes the same digital power that brought the firm to create a best-in-class digital agency focused on the legal sector in Blue Shark Digital. Seth, great to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMC? I am ready. I should just bring you everywhere. If I have somebody introducing me like that, I, I'd, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have to, life would be a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. I say all I have to do is just uh, hear about and talk about all the awesome things you're doing. You're doing all the awesome work. So I, I guess just to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to hear a little bit more on what I call your CEO story. We'll let you get started with all the awesome work you're doing. So look, you know, what, what you said, I was uh, building a law firm. Um, I, a buddy that I went to college and law school with, uh, he's a lawyer's lawyer. He loves being in the courtroom. I didn't. So we, you know, after uh, playing in the first dot-com bubble in New York, where I tried to uh, scale a legal Zoom Avo type play, uh, the bubble burst in uh, April 2000. By January of 2001, everything was gone. Our company, US Law, had 30 million on the table, never just disappeared mm -hmm. and had to reinvent. And that's when we started Price Benowitz. Basically, self-taught SEO, built a website, hired a lawyer, built a website, hired a lawyer. And as we were doing this, we we're like, man, this is great. But like we I, I saw that there was a market beyond the law firm. Um, and like anything else, the, the, the classic CEO story is you saw a need in the market. You couldn't find somebody to sell it to. So you did it yourself. Then let, let's scale it for others. Uh, you know, and that was our pitch. I did it for myself. I can do it for others. We got over 150 law firms now. We got plastic surgeons. Um, you know, we are essentially really expert in the local search for professional services. That's been our that's been our niche, and we just geek out on it. And it was sort of self, um, not just self fulfilling, but um, self sustaining. And you could appreciate this, which is it's one thing to create um, and have employees do something, but in order to keep and retain people you need to be able to pyramid so that, and it, or at least it's much more profitable so that as we expanded, we were able to keep and retain awesome talent as managers who could then leverage uh, really talented people, homegrown talent that we would train in-house to be able to do the different things that are needed in SEO, right? You know this, right? It's high quality content, authoritative links, uh, a well-coded site, well-structured site, and a Google My Business strategy. And in local search, you do those four things, you're gonna hit it out of the park, and so when I first started, every two years, I'd lose my right-hand 
guy or girl. And uh, I got sick of it. So I said, look, I want to be able to have this turn from a cost center to a profit center where I could keep and retain that great talent. And that's been the, uh, the run we've had at Blue Shark. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that so many times when we look at, you know, success and what uh, really makes things tick is, as you said so well, it's all about creating that pyramid structure, having a great team, and of course, being able to attract that that um, that great talent, but also keep them there. And I think that's when you really start to, to hum and reach a different level when you're able to kind of do that consistently on a regular basis. And you guys have been able to do that. It's great. No, no, it's, it's been fun. And uh, it's funny because, you know, with owning two businesses, uh, you know, the law firm has a lot of legacy issues. Legacy has been over around over a decade and there's, there's communications, there's different departments and law firms in general are not an ideal business by any stretch of the imagination. We have ethics rules we got to deal with. We have non-competes that we're not allowed to use. There's all sorts of issues that go on in a law firm that don't have, and it's just not really sellable the way a non- law firm business is, you know, in the real world, you know, you have some uh, multiple of EBITDA and somebody else will take your business. Legal world, that doesn't really work that way. So in building Blue Shark from scratch and having an amazing co-pilot in uh, the form of David Brenton, who was our intern at the law firm and is now president and, uh, and shareholder in Blue Shark, the idea that we um, that we, that we can basically from scratch build the things and do many of the things I couldn't do at the law firm um, I don't know if you're familiar with Vern Harnish, uh, Scaling Up. He was a guest on my podcast a few weeks back. And you know, after reading the book, I was like at the law firm, I always get upset because I, there's so much stuff I know I should be doing, but I can't get done based on personalities and business structure and everything. Whereas I turned around at Blue Shark, I'm like, man, this president who's never even read Scaling Up is freaking doing most of what's in there. We have our teams, we have our team culture, we're hitting the ground running with all these different things. And that has been part of what I've loved most. And part of it has been, and apropos for your podcast, as the CEO or founder, taking a step back, not getting in the weeds. Our, our, until recently, much of our employee force were millennials. It, everybody's aging now, so they're getting older. But you know, much, many of the people we hired were people I couldn't connect with. And there were people when I spoke, I think that like psychosomatic you know, shock, they thought their, their dad was talking to them. And like, I found that if I could, rather than speak directly to them, speak to managers and let those managers handle stuff, it really created a structure and a culture. And there's stuff where, you know, I, somebody who in my world, yeah, fire this guy tomorrow. They'd be like, no, you can't do that. This person is connected to these people. Let's do this, this, and this. And so I've sort of allowed them and given them the rope you know, to be able to connect and create a culture that as the CEO, I'd like to say, yes, yes, I, I cannot take credit for the awesome culture we have because I've, my instincts and gut wouldn't comport as well with the millennial culture. And I feel like that the people that we have in place have done an exceptional job of creating that environment that allows people and allows us to row in the same direction. Um, learned a lot, I think, from the people working with us um, and that I could not have done that alone. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And I, I think so many times, uh, the, the more we learn, the more we realize like this is our lane, this is what we do best. And we're able to kind of stay in that zone of genius, so to speak. We realize that it is the teamwork, it is the people that we have that are managers, employees, whatever, and however that might be termed is really what makes you know things go. And we can kind of get out of our own way, which a lot of times um, can happen. So I, I know you touched a little bit of, upon both of the businesses. Could you tell us a little bit more on each uh, and how you serve the clients that you work with and what you would consider to be either your personal or even the businesses, what I like to call secret sauce or thing that you feel sets you apart. 
Sure. So on the law firm side, we're a business to consumer law firm. If somebody's been injured, they're arrested, um, they, somebody has died, um, all different personal life, you know, divorced. These are things where we, we, we can help. And I think that our secret sauce is I, I very early on from a mentor of mine took on the philosophy that we are a plumbing service, not a law firm in the sense that like the hot water heater in your basement explodes, what do you do? You pick up the phone, you search, you pick up the phone. So it need, you need to be found because before we entered the market, the marketed firms were not great. There are many good ones now, but when we first entered the internet space, people were not mixing great marketing and great practice of law. So that's the first piece. And the second is having an intake team that can slice and dice and figure out what is viable and get them the help they need. So the law firm, that's been our one-two punch. And so for entrepreneurs, you know, I, I look, I, I like you have an extensive network. If anybody has questions in the legal space, even if we don't do it, happy to sort of figure out where we can get you the help you need. On the on the uh, digital space, um, you know, we've stayed in our lane. We've really focused. Uh, we don't do e-commerce. We've focused on search and even local search, professional services, and that's where we've dug deep. We're, we're really good at it. Um, you know, and what I feel is that by creating an environment where we can allow, we've scaled to the point where there's a division that does links, a division that does content, not just a person. And that, you know, as you know, being in the space, there's so many people that will sell SEO without doing the heavy lifting that's needed to execute. Because you get this, you get a, you know, somebody comes to us, wants to be a client and we run a set of reports and we're like, oh my God, this guy hasn't had a link built in a year. And you're like, what the F? Or, you know, they, they, the, their content package is regurgitated news blogs that went out the door seven years ago. So the idea is, you know, by providing that value, it's, look, as you know, it's not as sexy a game SEO because if done right, the margins are okay, but they're not tremendous. It's not a SaaS-based model. And there's a lot of SaaS-based models coming into the SEO space. I feel that there, at least for the time being, there is still this need for higher level SEO to be done, which can't be done in an automated fashion. It takes actual labor, domestic labor, that's going to sit and do strip. Not that you can't layer different tasks from overseas, but you want to make sure that Google is looking for authority and that you want to make sure that the authority that you're demonstrating is not cringy. It's not broken English, but it's instead actual authority that demonstrates this person's the best answer for a question. Appreciate those secret sauces. And so I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? A great question. Um, you know, I think that I, I have somebody who takes stuff from different uh, from different sort of sources. We mentioned uh, Vern Harner scaling up, um, you know, the, the, somebody who spun out of him, uh, the whole uh, traction EOS world, and the idea of using the huddles, using the, the touch points, moving rocks. And what I try to do is just figure out what, you know, which of these different things works and leveraging those. And I, you know, I, I think that like anything else, it's having a system and if you follow the system, great. You may want to make tweaks, but having some sort of process in place to allow to move to, to allow yourself to move forward, it is one of those things that 
making sure that your team has bought into that so it can be executed. And you can see very clearly, you know, when the team functions and buys into it, it is great. And when, you know, and we've been really stressed with the pandemic, everybody went virtual, great. But a lot of those, those touch points that were happening, it demonstrated that if you didn't have the discipline to have the meetings, they weren't going to happen organically. And I think that's been probably the biggest lesson for me of this time is making sure that I go back and sort of say, okay, great. These, I, I could see a lot of my weaknesses because we, things that were not happening were because, Hey, we didn't see them in front of our face and a year into COVID plus I'm now starting to see some of those breakpoints, and that that's uh, so go back to your question. The hack is, I think it's to figure out what your systems are and then follow them. Awesome. 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 So I want to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client if you, or something, if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. I think the piece that I've gotten to know over time is you don't know what you don't know. And the sooner you get to that point, the better. Um, and so look, there's stuff that I know that I know, but you don't know what you don't know. And that happens in life in general on a regular basis. And that the, the sooner that you embrace that and are constantly sort of, how do I, how do I improve? How do I find, you know, expertise that can help me move the ball forward? I think that that's the piece that I wish I, I had personally grasped earlier, but is something that the longer I live, the more true it is. Awesome. 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 Well, Seth, truly appreciate that. And now I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Seth, what does being a CEO mean to you? You know, I think that I'll, I'm going to take this back a step. Um, a friend worked for the governor of Maryland a few years ago. And I, I was always amazed, like, what does the governor do? And in one sense, he's like the chief cheerleader for the state. You know, he does trade deals, he open cuts ribbons. And I feel like when done at the highest level, you are the person who is just sort of making sure that everybody within your team is there and the outward brand for, for the world. I mean, there's a lot of e-myths. We had Michael Gerber on my podcast not that long ago. So like, there's the idea of where do you want to go next? Yes, that's a huge part. But let's put that aside for a second. I think that the... In making sure that you're there to solve problems, to be there for your management team, to help motivate and lead the greater organization and be the face outside. Those are the things that I think are most essential uh, for a great CEO. Yeah, I appreciate you for sharing that. And of course, you know, dropping, you know, the e-myth and having, you know, Michael Gerber on your show, because I think that that really gives you a full idea of exactly what it means to be a CEO, entrepreneur and business owner. But I think I, I love how you made that analogy between the governor and being at the ribbon cuttings and being the cheerleader, because I think so many times we're in the people business and we forget that sometimes where we're thinking about analytics and numbers and all of those things. But sometimes you need to be the cheerleader for the people, um, the organization, the mission, whatever that might be. But you also may need to be the stern person and that balance beam act that we kind of talked about a little before is a lot of the hats and, and roles and perspectives we need as leaderships that really kind of goes go and take things to the next level. Absolutely. Awesome. 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 Well, Seth, truly appreciate that definition. I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you, hear about your podcast and all the awesome things that you and both your businesses are working on. Well, I appreciate it. Look, I'm uh, easy to reach uh, Seth at either pricebenowitz.com or bluesharkdigital.com. Uh, you know, I geek out on this stuff. So feel free. It doesn't need to be uh, to, to purchase something. If I could be of advice, either from the legal or digital space uh, and 
And uh, yeah, I have two podcasts that are out there. One is the SEO Insider, where we geek out on stuff like hardcore SEO stuff with some of like the national thought leaders. And the other is Max Growth Live, where we talk about law firm growth. So really, the sister, the companion to everything we've talked about here. Uh, we geek out about SEO on one day, and on the other day, we talk about what are the things that are needed to build a professional services organization. And it, it's been a fun grind. Uh, and I uh, you know, really appreciate the opportunity to sit here and uh, chat with you today. You know, got to uh, have a, a great conversation where we, uh, you know, not when you, whenever you talk like this and you have a conversation, it makes you think about, hey, you know, these are the things I'm aspiring to do. Which are the ones I may be coming up I'm short on? And what do I, what's my homework based on this conversation? So uh, I really appreciate that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you for, for giving us the opportunity to geek out a little bit. And I know we kind of scratched the surface on everything, which is why I love you have your podcast and information and you, you left yourself open to, to people being able to reach out as well, too. Because I think as, as we learn, like we, we become greater by a lot of the times the things we take in the environment of things that we have around us. So I appreciate you for spending some time with us and, and holding that space and as well, creating so much valuable content. So appreciate you, my friend, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the IMCEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.